Episode 292, Bonus Edition, Interview with Courtney Tate. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Welcome to the Always a Lesson Summer Interview Series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. Hey y'all, Gretchen here. Cannot wait to dive into another interview. Podcast for the summer series is my favorite thing to do. Talk to other elite educators and share their messages with you. Although I like to ask a lot of the same questions, their answers are so very different, and that is where the value comes from. So today is another exceptional interview with someone who's right close to my hometown, and I'm super excited to get to know her more. So let me share a little bit more about her with you. Courtney Tate is from Gastonia, North Carolina, and over the past nine years, she's worked with teachers, facilitators, school leaders to lead professional development and coaching to address the assessed needs of the school. And her mission is to build the capacity of teachers and leaders to have a positive impact on student achievement, one goal at a time. And her heart belongs to helping teachers find their confidence in the classroom, especially when it comes to math instruction. So let's not wait any longer. We're going to dive into the interview with my friend, Courtney Tate. Hey, Courtney, thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Oh, thank you, Gretchen. I'm so glad to be a part of all that you're doing. So thank you for having me. Yeah, you are going to have an amazing message to share with everyone today. So I'm going to jump right in. And why don't you get the conversation started by explaining how our two paths crossed, and then you can talk about what your journey as an educator looked like. Absolutely. So actually through a mutual friend of ours, I think I can say Linda Ryan. Um, Yay. You to me. I love her, right? Me so she too. You, she sent um, one of, something you posted on Instagram into my inbox. And so I started to follow you and saw that you had a podcast and saw that you were having speakers come on. And so just from her um, making that point of contact, I just kind of tuned in to some of the work that you were doing, listening to some of your podcasts. And we connected from there. I think I applied to be one of your speakers and we connected from there. 
Yeah. And she's my former coach. Like when I was in the classroom and over the years has still maintained that mentorship role and in life, she had kids before I did. So I leaned on her for everything. And she's just such a genuine human who knows so much about so many things. And so I treasure her. So I love that we have that connection. Yeah. She uh, was kind of my coach for a little bit in my career and then we were colleagues. So we worked in the same role together. Oh, cool. It was really cool to make that switch. And then from there, I feel like life just keeps bringing us back together where we're like, this is just the thing now. Like we're stuck with each other forever. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Okay. So let's back up to the beginning. Where did you start in your educational journey? And then where are you today? Walk us through that whole part. Yeah, so I started at Reed Park Elementary in oh, yeah. uh, Charlotte uh-huh. and uh, taught there for five or six years, second and third grade. I love second grade. I think it's the best. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very biased. Um, and then from there, I actually became a math coach. So I got to work with my former peers um, as a coach, working with them. Um, and then moved over into the literacy space of coaching over at Devonshire Elementary School. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I did that for a couple years and I moved to Briarwood. We just had oh yeah. All, all of my leaders left me at the end of the year in May. My principal, math facilitator and assistant principal all retired on the same day. Oh, my God. So I was there to kind of keep the ball rolling. So I was like, it's time for a new home next year. So I came over to Devonshire and continued doing the literacy work with 3-5. And then I had an opportunity to work at um, Project Lift or Central One. It's transitioned. Mm-hmm. So a learning community for our Title I schools in Charlotte-Mecklenburg, serving 29 schools as a curriculum coordinator. So working with instructional coaches, K-12, across all subject areas. Um, and that was just a great time because I not only got to work with brand new coaches just starting out or coaches that principals might not have thought were doing such a great job, but also some of the seasoned coaches that just wanted to fine tune some of the work that they were doing. So um, I love that part of my journey. And then I had an opportunity to kind of move out of the public sector and into the private sector. So I currently work at an ed tech company where I am a professional development specialist. So I go into schools primarily across the state of North Carolina, but Anywhere in the U.S. if there's like a need and train teachers on our product. Really, um, I've had more of an opportunity with a local school district to walk classrooms and really work with instructional coaches and school leaders on their math curriculum implementation. So looking at those instructional moves that teachers are making and helping coaches to decipher, okay, this is happening. How do I support that at the planning table? What are those next steps? How do we move this work forward? Or what professional learning do we need for teachers kind of based on what we're seeing? This is fascinating. Clearly, we were meant to meet each other because, and I'm shocked it took this long because there's just so many parallels. I taught second, third, and fifth. Taught third the longest, but absolutely loved second. The curriculum was amazing. And the fact that you didn't have the EOG test hanging over your head and being so stressed out and having to push, push, push curriculum. Um, so that made me giggle when you're like, I love second grade. I'm like, oh my God, me too. <laughs> and then I, all the schools you mentioned, I work with. So I worked when I started coaching with Project Lift through the new teacher project, TNTP through Teach Charlotte. And so that's how my coaching journey started working with K-12 new teachers before I moved out on my own. So that is just hilarious. That is, it's such a small world. (laughs) But what I also liked about your journey 
for those who are like, I love education. I've spent a lot of money to get degrees. How can I have an effect larger than my own classroom or my own school? And becoming a PD facilitator for an ed tech company is a great way to do that. So can you talk a little bit more about how someone could get into that if they wanted to stay in education, but wanted to change up the setting and how they serve? Yeah. So it just kind of fell into my lap, but I think I was always working for where I wanted to be. And so I think when I think when thinking about teachers, it's really important to really hone in and own your content. So because I really knew my content, I had opportunities always to take on those leadership roles. So being able to do that put me in a space when I was ready to take this leap that I was well-versed to facilitate learning for an audience. I could show that, but I also know my content. And so when I'm in a, a training session with teachers, I can talk to them about the product, but what teachers love most is that I can connect with them around what I did in my classroom Mm -hmm. how they can relate this back to their work. And so initially I kind of felt like, gosh, I'm not in a, I'm not in a school district. I'm not in a school. Does this have the same impact? And I, I did notice that now I feel the confidence of like, this allows a higher level of impact because I can go so many different places. I can be four places, five places in a week where I'm working with educators and helping them think through how they can support their students wherever they are. Um, So just be very intentional, I think, about learning your content, figuring out different ways to uh, work with students, and not being a afraid to talk in front of others. So I'm naturally quiet. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> but for work, yeah. For work and for coaching, I will talk. But if you saw me out and I didn't really know you, I could disappear in the room. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Well, what's interesting about the PD role, um, especially with a company that's providing you the curriculum to go out and do it, is that you really help teachers in addition. So normally I think, okay, I want to have an impact on more kids. But really, when you work with adults in the capacity you're talking about, especially coaches who are then helping teachers, when you help them develop strong habits as a learner, for example, you're teaching them how to understand the concept, like the math curriculum or whatever. And then you're helping them understand how different tech tools could bring that to life and deciding, is this appropriate for this lesson? Do we need to hold off on this? You're helping them learn to critically think. So next time, no matter what the content is, uh, whatever the concept is, as a learner, they have built the habits. They know how to attack the process of learning and growing. And so even though you might move on to a different school, how you helped that person problem solve or work through something that's new, they're going to apply that for years to come as new opportunities come up. So the the ripple effect is so large. Absolutely. I think something also that we, I didn't notice, we hear so many people talk about the impact COVID has had on our students. And I don't think people are speaking as much about the impact that it's had on teachers. And so like discourse or using math tools, things of that nature, Uh, pulling small groups that we couldn't do as much with COVID is having conversations and now helping teachers understand and coaches understand why those are important. And a student might've left off their last touch point was in kinder and now they're in third or fourth grade. So they may be more on the concrete side of things. You're building them up so that they can move into the abstract. So it's even having some of those conversations um, to help teachers better kind of meet the students where they are even though I know it can be frustrating because you have people that have never really worked with students that were lower performing 
and now they have a, a, a cluster of those students and they're really struggling and trying to help them understand a little bit of what's happening and why, and then how they can be there to support them in those moments. Oh yeah, so good. So as you've taken different leadership roles on, what would you say is like the best lesson you've learned in education leadership? To be flexible. So we talk about differentiation for our students. And I think in my roles, I've learned I can do the same session 99 times. <laughs> plan, right? But the way that I have to approach it based on who's in the room or how I might have to change course is so important. So I can't be married to this is what I prep for. This is exactly what it's going to look like. This is how it has to feel and go. I have yep. to have the flexibility to adjust. And then even if a, 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 something's already built and I talk to a school district or I talk to a school, they may want some tailored support. So I have to be able to flow with the need. Um, just as teachers do, you have a plan in hand but it's not a one size fits all. And mm-hmm. so I think that regardless of where you are in education, that we always have to have that flexibility um, and knowing the differentiation truly can mean from session to session, you're meeting the people in the room exactly where they are and that, that you never uh, you never get away from that. I don't think I've thought so, as much, but you never get away from that. And you're meeting so many different people are you starting to notice, okay, this person has the it factor, this educator is going to be really great. Like, are there components or characteristics that you're starting to notice, regardless of what state or city that you're leading in that bam, if they have this, they're going to be amazing. Yes, Gretchen. I literally was talking to a principal, I think last week, um, there was a teacher and we're talking and she's asking questions. She's like eating up feedback. Um, I think this is when I actually did a coaching session, a coaching walk. And, um, I was like, she has something you can't put into a teacher. She has that witness. She's aware mm-hmm. of her students that aren't getting it. She's pausing. She's adjusting based on what they need, where I see so many others just move forward. So that's just one example of, yes, I see that. I recognize it. I try to call it out to leaders if they don't necessarily see it. Because I'm like, this person has the it. You know, they have it. So work with them, help them to grow and develop and um, hone in that skill so that they really can be one of your shining stars in the building and others can come in and see their work and learn from them as well. That's interesting you say that because when I started my coaching journey, like I mentioned with TNTP, they use Teach Like a Champion. And what was great about that is it put a name to something. And so as you're talking about these characteristics, when we can start naming, these are great things that teachers are doing and it's called this or this characteristic of a teacher is really ensuring that they're going to be successful and students are going to be successful. Like when we can pinpoint it, give it a name, we can then help other people learn and grow in that area. And now we've replicated success. So it is important that we don't just say like, oh, that person has it and keep it to just that person that we're able to help others see it and and develop it. Now they might not be as strong because there is some natural component there, but at least we know, hey, this is really having a positive impact. Let's, Let's ensure all of our teachers are able to become this one thing. Absolutely. And even thinking through sometimes I've, I've seen leaders that aren't quite sure of how do they do that? Like the work you're describing, allowing other people to see it. They don't know how to navigate from that or how to pinpoint exactly what it is that they want them to see. So having some of those conversations to help them see like, OK, if this is the skill that they have or if this is what you want to see, we see this here. How can you get other people in their room to see this? Mm-hmm. What's the takeaway? How do you turn that back around? What's, you know, that bite sized action step they can take? 
to move them to the next level. So it's it's a lot of those conversations that I didn't expect to have to um, have with leaders, but I'm glad that even a 20-year principal is willing to have that conversation with me in an open manner, and they feel mm-hmm. like it's helpful to move the trajectory of their school. Well, this is why everyone needs to be a partner. We have different perspectives. We see even the same very thing differently. Um, and when you're open, no matter the experience level, the age, the different demographics or experiences that someone has had, when you're open to just hearing and listening and saying, huh, you know, okay, let me think about that. I mean, then you're going to continue, like you mentioned, flexibility. You're going to continue to be a flexible leader and you're going to continue to grow because you're not stuck in the mindset of, you know it all, you know it best. Everyone brings something to the table and never underestimate the person in front of you and how they can push you to be better. Absolutely. And just their lens and perspective on things. Hey, y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they, too, can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. So let's give a piece of specific advice here. So those that are tuning in are from a variety of backgrounds. Some are brand new teachers. Some are transitioning their roles. Some are in distress from maybe losing their job or just in a really hard environment with a teacher shortage. And then you've got folks like you and I who are teacher leaders. So if you had to pick one group of people to talk to, who would you pick? And then what piece of advice would you give to them? I think the teachers that are they're experiencing the challenging times right now, I, I just remember my days at Reed Park, they were hard. <laughs> um, and so I think just reminding teachers, one, I, I can't feel what it's like having te- to teach after COVID. I, I do know that. But it's a challenging job. But on those hard days, just to know that you make a difference. And so being able to kind of step back and think about why are you doing this work? What's your why? Looking back at your goals to see how to kind of keep you engaged in that work. Being flexible. I've said that, you know, as a teacher leader, but even as a teacher, you can have the perfect lesson plan and it might not always go. Just just be prepared to adjust. You have to be patient. Education is ever-changing. Learning to hone in your, your craft, that's going to take time. Learning your students is going to take time. So be patient, but also give yourself grace and give your students grace. That's a, a, a word that has stuck with me since 2020. The grace to come in and, and, and be okay with the things you don't know and be willing to learn those things. Um, your students needing that same grace so that they can get what they need from you and you can get what you need from others. I think those are really important things to kind of just be, be mindful of um, and then just keep showing up. Again, it's, it's a challenge. It's hard. But when you come into the room consistently, you come in with a positive mindset and a productive mindset, it, it really helps to keep you going. And, and don't forget about self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we forget that sometimes. You have to be doing well mentally and physically and emotionally to show up well for your students and your colleagues. And so take care of yourself and take time for yourself. That doesn't mean you just don't show up for work, but sometimes you may need that mental health day. Do the things to prepare to have that day, but just make sure you care for yourself, even if that's five minutes with the lights off in your classroom when school ends, so nobody's talking to you, so you can just decompress from the day. Those are small moments, but they absolutely matter. 
and it's the fuel that's going to keep you going. Mm-hmm. Excellent advice. And speaking of advice, who do you go to when you need advice? Do you have a mentor or do you have a PLN? Like, where do you go to get filled up? A couple of different places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, you work with Project Lift a Little. So Dr. Denise Watts um, oh, yeah. is one person. I don't lean on her a lot because she is very, very busy. But she is a person that if I really have some questions, I will shoot her a text, ask her, can she take a call and kind of run an idea by her. Um, Again, I don't do that very often, but just seeing the work she did at the age that she was able to do um, and have such a huge impact on student achievement and and educators, she is one that I, I go to. But then I have just a cohort of former colleagues that I go to. Linda's definitely one of the folks that I will mm-hmm. have a call just to have a thought partner, right? You have this yeah. idea, you have this this thing happening, and you're trying to kind of talk with them and through them to kind of think through what's going on. And then actually one of my co-advisors right now, I would say, I'm in school at Clemson getting my PhD. Good for you. Woo woo. Exciting and a lot of work. Oh God, I bet. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. But uh, my co-advisor. We just clicked. And so she's a person I can text anytime. She's going to give me the insight. She's an instructional coach. She's done the work at the school level, at the state level. And, you know, that's what she focuses on in her her courses. And so she's been a new perspective that's very refreshing that I can go to when I just have those moments where I need to kind of get it all out. And do you feel like they are helping you stay aware of all the different changes in education or do you go to trainings yourself to make sure you're staying up to date? Like, what are you doing to just continue to keep yourself top of game? Yeah, so they are folks that I can talk to about some of the things. I'm a part of NCTM to kind of keep up with what's happening in the math world. Um, I've been so into the math world. I'm pivoting back. So like, I can't drop all the literacy content that I have. So I started uh, working with the Reading League in South Carolina, so connecting with them to see how I can be a part of the learning and the work for them. And then a part of it is just because I'm doing so much reading for research papers, I'm kind of able to keep current with some of the things we're noticing in education with teacher retention or teacher attrition. Um, And then I'm looking at it through the lens of instructional coaching. So between that and I don't judge me, but I do like to read an article before I go to bed at night. Usually, (laughs) I like to read too. That's okay. We can nerd out together. (laughs) So if I have an article that I've seen or um, one that has been shared, um, NCTM has a lot from the math perspective. And so reading through those to try to stay current, going to conferences when I can. And so like at work, I was just telling them, hey, we need more training on facilitating learning, making sure we stay current with all of that. So trying to dibble and dabble, like I think in a little bit of all of it, the conferences, being a part of those professional groups, tapping into my resources and just the research world, I think gives me something different that I, I never really explored before. But now that I'm in that world, tapping into that as well. Mm, I love that so much. So in your current role, like, what are you working on? How are you ensuring you're continuing your impact? What's, what's like a current project that's on the forefront for you? So not through my job, but personally, um, I think I've seen so much with what's happening in classrooms and um, where some of the areas of need are that I'm 
working to go ahead and launch into my consulting work more. So I'm not doing it full time just yet, but starting to get out and connect with schools so that I can share kind of insight and be able to work with coaches and or teachers around those different areas where teachers need help with understanding the content that they teach or coaches trying to connect with, okay, if this is what I'm seeing in the classroom, how do I support teachers moving forward? So really starting to kind of take the things that I'm noticing and learning and lean in on my skill set and kind of the experiences that I've had to support that work. I love it. And so if someone's listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I need her or whether it's math related or just instructional support, I mean, definitely reach out to Courtney. She is a listening ear ready to jump in and help. And hopefully your school can bring her in and you guys can meet and be friends and colleagues and, you know, just keep moving things forward. And I think that's what I've learned and partnering with different schools is helping them find how it looks for them, but I'm bringing the perspective of how it's worked for other people. And I think that's really helpful when you can be kind of a storyteller and you can share here's the content or here's the idea, here's the strategy, and now let's personalize it for you. It's just so helpful and so beneficial. Absolutely. I think when you're in it, you know, you sometimes you can't see the things that an outside perspective can kind of bring in. And it's not always rocket science, right, Gretchen? It's, <laughs> sometimes it's really simple, but it's like, ah, that makes a lot of sense. Or gosh, it's great to hear from other people. Like I, I always suggest that educators connect with others. Because the way that you do it in your school might differ greatly from somebody two blocks over and doing the same work, but they may approach it from a totally different lens that could totally have a positive impact on your teachers or your students. And so connecting with other educators always helps us um, kind of figure out new and innovative ways to approach our work. Yeah, 100% agree. Okay, so I want to be respectful of your time. So before I let you go, I just want to ask you one more question. And is that how do you reignite your passion and that potential as an educator? So I think one way, I know I mentioned self-care. Yeah. I learned self-care and boundaries are so important. And so when I feel like I'm starting to fizz or feel a little bit burnt out, I have to pause to make sure I'm taking care of myself so that I can kind of check back in and connect back to the work. Another one is really pausing to celebrate the successes. I know as educators, usually we're we're, we're our hardest critics, right? And so pausing to think about, okay, you did these things well. Look at where you started and where you are today. And I also keep um, notes from former students, mm-hmm. former supervisors. And so like when I was in the classroom, they'd be in my file cabinet, which I feel like dates me a little bit. <laughs> I had one of those. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> but I would keep them in my file cabinet. It would be one of the first files. And if it really was a tough day, that would be my reminder. So even though it might have been something small that a student wrote or that a a leader wrote, those were notes. I have them from my first year up through um, when I was at the district level that I could kind of lean on to keep me motivated and keep me focused on what I'm working towards, what my why is and kind of how to do that work. And then I think the last one with reigniting is... Um, continuing to learn and to study the craft to figure out how can I help? What more can I do? And Mm -hmm. I feel like when I partner with other educators, um, talking with colleagues, again, Linda a lot, I have a friend Jocelyn, I feel like you and I probably will connect. Yes. 
in doing that, it reignites the passion because then you're thinking of success mechanisms. How can I help to um, have a positive influence here where I'm seeing there's this need? And I feel like that reignites me because it's it's gonna give us the gift that keeps giving because we're giving back to educators, which helps our children, which fuels our society. Well said, I love that. And on behalf of Elite Educators Everywhere, thank you so much for your time. Can you remind us and tell us how can we connect with you if it's on social media or if a school wants to bring you in, a teacher or a coach just wants to talk shop, like tell us where to go. Yeah, so if you wanna connect with me, on Instagram, it's C Tate Writes. Um, my Facebook is Courtney Tate Consulting. And then my website is Courtney S. Tate, easily read as CourtneyState.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can reach me there. There's ways to contact um, and get in touch with me there. But I would love to connect and even if it's not to come there and work, but just to connect and be a thought partner um, in any way that I can. That sounds so great. I'll put everything in the show notes so folks can find you. But y'all, you heard it. You need to start connecting with Courtney today. She's ready to support you. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. It's gonna, it's a great summer series that's happening. And most importantly, for sharing your nuggets of wisdom and your enthusiasm for the profession. It's refreshing, it's encouraging, and it's always nice to make a new friend. It is. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the work that you do. The nuggets that you're consistently dropping to have so many podcasts already out there. This is definitely something that educators consistently benefit from. So thank you for the work that you do in providing a platform um, to just share with educators and leaders. You got it. You're so welcome. Appreciate you. And we've got to stay connected. Absolutely. Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast interview today always an empowering message. I love meeting new people and introducing them to you. So I hope you go out, reach out to Courtney, get to know her, learn alongside her, and show her some love for being an outstanding educator. Make sure you check out the show notes. Go to alwaysalesson.com, click on podcast, find this episode, and you'll see all the details there. All right, elite educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Courtney Tate. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered.